Hi everyone, my name is Jenani Shivakumar and I'm the founder and CEO of Girls Play Global. I'm super excited to be on this podcast. Awesome. My name is Jeeva Sunaladhan and I am the CEO and founder of Puvando. Um, and I invited Jenani Shivakumar today because I think our uh, projects go hand in hand today, together. Cool. Um, so can you just give us a little bit more uh, info about what your organization is about? Yeah, for sure. So Girls Play Global is a youth-led nonprofit organization, and we focus on empowering girls in rural parts of India. So we are a grassroots organization, which means that we are directly involved in field-level work in rural communities in India and we're empowering girls through soccer specifically. Um, So basically we understand that in rural parts of India there aren't many opportunities for girls to get access to sports like soccer which is why we provide like free soccer training to those girls who are interested in pursuing a career in sports and sort of side by side on Um, Going off of that, we also um, provide them with resources to educate themselves about global issues like gender equality and climate change. That's really cool. Um, So yeah, there's like a variety of different things that you're doing there, which is awesome. (laughs) Because we're like just getting started and so um, we know that like we've been working on like educational resources we're working on like the tech so we've we've been like just building ourselves from like the ground up so that's really cool that you're like involving these different like social justice issues into your org as well um so my next question for you is what motivated you to get this organization started yeah so i personally am um an indian american myself and i've lived in both Um, India and the United States. So I actually moved to India for middle school and I had grown up playing soccer and a lot of other sports when I was in the US. So um, naturally I was interested in, you know, like pursuing that interest in India as well. Um, And the school I went to in India, unfortunately didn't have a girls soccer team and they weren't too keen on promoting like female athletes either, which is why I um, I sort of petitioned and tried to push for a girls soccer team in my school, but unfortunately they weren't too open about starting one and none of the coaches or the teachers were either. So I basically joined a boys club soccer team outside of my school where it was quite difficult the years that I spent in that club because I was the only girl in that sort of training program and a lot of times I felt very discouraged and I also had to travel um, by uh, bicycle just to get to practice um, several times a week and as a girl in um, sort of traveling through those areas alone especially in India can be quite dangerous and frightening as well so that wasn't a very good experience for me 
Um, but I didn't want any other girl to sort of have to go through the same thing just so that she could have access to a playing field or some sort of practice. Which is why I sort of, when I came back to the United States, I created this organization so that other girls would have access to um, opportunities to play soccer and tournaments, um, stuff that I didn't necessarily have access to. Um, but I was fortunate enough to live in the city and come from a, a good family. So I did have like a supportive environment and I also was able to attend those practices. But I do know that girls in rural parts of India don't have those same opportunities, even though they do have a lot of talent, which is why I chose to just focus on rural communities rather than girls as a whole, so that I can empower and uplift those communities using sports. That's, that's a really awesome story. You know, I, like, I know that, like, since I'm from Colorado, like, I just, like, read about these kind of, like, rape issues, like, every single day, like, almost one every single day. And so that's what basically made me take this action. And, and like, you know, every single time I go to school, it's just something that I think about. So that's why, like, I would go on to campus. And, and then that's when it inspired me to create this tech using the emergency blue light box and create this new entire um, gadget type piece. And so I think we have like two different stories, but yours is like more personal. Well, like I'm more in like a different, um, I'm like in a completely different area. So that's really cool that we have like these two different backgrounds. Yeah, definitely. So for my next question, um, I know that we talked at like you talked about like your challenges within your story, but like what challenges did you face when you started this organization? Yeah, of course. So one of the main challenges was just sort of having schools be open to us running our program um, in their like facilities because it's very difficult for families to send their daughters, especially families that come from rural backgrounds. Um, they don't really understand um, always the concept of why it's good to send girls into sports or why it's good to empower them. And so the main challenge that we faced is just having girls um, battle these family issues that they were having on their side and actually um, coming to the practice ground and receiving training. So, but once we were able to sort of talk to the schools and the families as well and sort of tell them the benefits of um, putting girls um, into um, these kind of situations where they're forced to um, handle like ups and downs, wins and losses, and we were able to sort of tell them that there's a lot of self-confidence and physical fitness that goes into actually playing the game and it can be very beneficial for girls um, when they do play a sport. But once we were able to educate them about that, they naturally were sort of um, willing to send their girls and one by one we like expanded our team from just a group of five girls who were interested in soccer to 10. And then um, over the past couple of months, we expanded to um, around 50 girls. And all these girls come from government schools or government aided schools in the Coimbatore region. Um, so, and we have an amazing grassroots team that is basically doing all this work on the daily. Of course, they weren't able to due to COVID currently, but um, earlier on, 
Um, we have a team of teachers and a head coach that sort of handles all this work in India and they've been basically going around to schools and having girls um, come and join our program. But yeah, that's one of the main challenges that we faced. It was just um, getting the girls to actually show their interest in the program. Even though a lot of them wanted to play football or soccer, um, their families weren't really willing to let them actually do that. But once they were able to overcome those um, challenges, we were slowly able to sort of get, get our program up and running. And then once the community saw the good work that we were doing and how it was positively impacting these girls, more girls started to um, show interest and parents actually um, started showing their support as well. Yeah, I honestly think that that's like one of the main challenges I like face too, because I feel like whenever it comes to like sports or like any kind of like thing like regarding like taboo subjects like sexual harassment, I feel like parents and teachers like always stray away. And I don't know why that is, but I just think it's more of like a stereotypical thing in India. And I'm glad that like, you know, you're changing the norms and I'm changing the norms. So that's that's really cool. And so um, I know that like that's like the challenge that I face because like I know that the other day my one of my team members was like how do I explain this to my teacher about the project we're doing like what if she thinks it's weird like <laughs> so I think um, but it's good that we are changing like the the talks because we should have discussions about this because we do we should get like equal rights in like playing sports or or you know just having women rights like when being able to walk outside normally so uh, yeah it's definitely cool and my next question for you is um, how much do you think that the organization for you is directed towards school as of now um, like before COVID and after COVID and what has changed if it is like after COVID do you have any different appointments? Um, yeah, so before COVID, our plan for 2020 was basically to expand to 20 schools. Um, we were currently just focusing on around two to three government schools, um, but we thought since it's the year 2020, why don't we um, ha set our goal to start this program in 20 schools um, across the Tamil Nadu region or um, even farther? And we were um, just within the January, February months, we received a lot of, uh, we, re we received a show of interest from several people that were saying we wanted to like, we wanted to adopt a school in India or just adopt a team and fund the necessary resources for that team. And we were super excited that all these girls were going to get um, these resources and opportunities. And our plan was also to send them to a uh, region, a um, tournament called Global Goals World Cup in August, sometime around August. That was our plan. And we were planning to send um, a few girls to Mumbai for that. Um, but unfortunately, that was canceled due to COVID. And so we've sort of had to reshape our model um, to suit, um, to sort of be able to continue to run this program after COVID. And as of now, what we're doing is just have sending them resources to train at home. And so that's what the girls have been doing. They've just been practicing on their own and staying fit. Um, but after COVID, of course, if we do, if we are able to sort of reopen, we will most likely just focus on the three schools we have now and continue those programs and possibly expand to either one or two more schools based on the situation in India. 
Yeah, that's good. Like for that's definitely a good plan for like my organization. I think like right now we're just focusing on like team building and like doing some partnerships over COVID nineteen. And then I think after after COVID nineteen, we're probably gonna do like some of the travel work, um, like presenting in schools and just things like that in general. So yeah, I think like that's definitely a good goal plan. Um, cool. Yeah. We were also, our organization was also, like you said, thinking about just hosting workshops. And one thing that we are sort of coming up with is an education curriculum for those girls that we train. Because um, like I mentioned before, we don't own, we don't just focus on giving them opportunities to play soccer, but we also educate them about global issues. So we're focusing on that education aspect a little bit more after COVID by giving them a curriculum about issues specific to their region so like one main topic would be colorism that's very prevalent today in indian society so we're sort of teaching them how we can they can battle these issues as well yeah that's really good like that's something we should probably incorporate into mine as well colorism that's like a really important uh piece and i feel like 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 I said, you know, I think it's important that we include these discussions around it, around any kind of like social justice issue. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really good that you include that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, so for the next question that I had for you, um, where do you see this organization in like five years? Like what are like some of your future goals um, and visions for your organization? Yeah, so the ultimate goal for Girls Play Global would definitely be to have programs running all across India where a girl from any state in India can always have access to free soccer training at her fingertips and she doesn't have to worry about safety issues or equality issues or even economic or financial issues. Um, so yeah, our plan five years from now would definitely be to expand to as many states um, and cities within India as possible. Um, definitely because of COVID, we might have to um, hold back on those plans a little bit, but um, hopefully as things sort of um, begin to clear up, we will be on track for that. Um, and then we're also looking to um, expand possibly i'm sort of still thinking about this because i know just um getting chapters across india is going to be a big deal and i want all of my focus towards india and sort of battling the stigma around the girls playing sports in india but potentially we were thinking in the future to expand to other countries as well um, where girls are in a similar situation to um, girls in India and then one of our milestones is also to work with the United Nations in the future and hopefully expand our program that way um, because we have been recognized by the United Nations before for our work so we were hoping to continue um, our work with them in the future as well. That's really good especially um, when you're like like when you've recognized like your sustainable like development goals i think that's like really cool uh that's something that we're also like working on but we're still like building up but yeah ha talk about like your experiences like with your un and like what you've done like with your work around that i think that's really cool yeah so 
Um, as I mentioned before, um, apart from giving them access to soccer opportunities, we're also educating them about global issues, and we're doing that using the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals, like you mentioned. So um, the SDGs, specifically number 13, um, climate action, and then gender equality, um, they sort of resonate the most. and with our mission, which is why we focus on those two goals specifically. And we've been recognized by the UN. Um, we were recognized in September, um, sometime around uh, the International Day of Peace, um, and then the Youth Climate Action Summit. We were there at the UN headquarters for that event, and I was able to and I was able to speak about my um, work that I've done in India, as well as the progress we've made using the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and then another thing sort of relating to the UN is we recently conducted a, or not recently, but in December, we conducted a, a girls soccer tournament in Coimbatore called Kicks for Climate Action. And the whole um, tournament was themed around UN SDG number 13, Climate Action, where girls could like come together and play soccer, but also educate each other about um, how they were addressing climate change in their own communities because climate change is something that's been impacting India for several um, decades now, and it continues to show its adverse effects in rural communities especially. And this is what we were sort of able to present to the UN. And I had an opportunity to share my experiences um, educating these girls, as well as how they've grown from our program as well. That's, that's really awesome that you get to do that experience. It's it's one of my future vision goals um so yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> and um what other partnerships like have you made like uh made you grow as an organization yeah so um right before covid we um during our tournament actually we partnered with an amazing organization called period society um, and they basically provide um, menstrual hygiene products to girls in india and they also conduct like educational sessions and they were actually able to provide us with um, reusable um, eco-friendly sanitary pads that we were able to um, give to the girls in our program because um, menstrual hygiene and sports go hand in hand and um, we recognize that and that's why we sort of were able to um, work with this organization and provide these girls with the necessary resources um, to properly maintain menstrual hygiene and then we also educated them um, using period society's education like materials um, about why it's important to maintain um, good hygiene and how they can be more eco-friendly with sanitary pads because that is a big issue currently in India with um, landfills and having to throw away um, uh, menstrual products um, in just straight into these landfills. So using eco-friendly items and sustainable items are much better for our environment. And that was sort of like our main partnership. And then um, currently, yeah, and that was sort of like one of our main mi major milestones because we were able to directly work with um, the girls in India and connect period society with them. 
And apart from that, we've just been doing like smaller partnerships where we just like um, share resources of another organization. Um, and then we also conducted an electronic waste drive with another organization called Reuse Orbits. And um, so that was also a major one. Yeah, that's good. So actually for ours, you're our first partnership, which is really awesome. <laughs> because um, I'm glad that I was able to find you through like the Youth Summit and we were able to connect because like I didn't like really know who else to like reach out to for like our first partnership and um, something that we're also working on is uh, getting a partnership towards Girl Up um, for like outreach of other women, Indian women in our area. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I'm definitely looking forward to our partnership as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how do you think that like my organization, Prebondo, can contribute to your organization and in what ways? Yeah, so I know that your organization is mainly focusing on um, dismantling like this sort of sexual harassment stigma as well as um, making environments more safer for girls um, using your technology and I think that's really incredible and definitely needed in this day and age because like you were mentioning before in India almost every day we sort of hear these unfortunate stories about girls who fell victim to sexual harassment and if you sort of see the pattern it it focuses a lot on girls in rural communities where they don't have the same resources as other girls and I think that's sort of where we can collaborate where um, we can hopefully provide the same technology to the girls in our program and I think we were also talking um, in a previous call about how we can provide self-defense classes for these girls and girls who use your technology um, and we, I think we can definitely create something out of that and hopefully empower more women and more girls in India. Yeah, for sure. I was like, you know, girls that especially like walk home alone at night. I mean, I think that this tech could honestly be useful. And I think that like we could get like law enforcement involved in certain areas. You know, it's not always safe. But I think that like if we did have like a little bit more of help from both of those sides, then like we would definitely like force. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and so uh, what is the message that you can say to others for those who want to make an impact, just like the way that we are right now? Yeah, so I've actually seen like a lot of young leaders and just students in general starting organizations or just new and um, innovative initiatives. And I think one thing for anyone that's sort of trying to create an impact is to first like identify the issue and really think about why and how that issue is important to you like have you do you have any personal experience that relates to that issue and that passion is really what will take this initiative or that organization a long way um, because I know for both of us we definitely have that passion behind the organization because um, we know we have sort of achieved um, this vision and we know exactly what we want to do with the organization or the company and you know like the meaning behind it and I think that's very important for anyone that wants to start an initiative or create an impact is to understand your own passion and where you're coming from and whether you can see yourself doing this in the future um, that's the important thing because um, I know that a lot of people like to start initiatives and organizations just to sort of put it on their college application or their resume 
And although that is all right, I feel like in order for something to really succeed, you have to put your whole heart and more into it. Um, and that's the, I guess, best way to actually create a positive impact and help people um, all over the world or wherever you're sort of interested in helping. Yeah, I think that like that's hundred percent true, and I think that like in order to actually like, start an organization or to like make the impact, I feel like you have to fall in love with the problem first in order to like keep you motivated and keep like dedicated. Because like I know that in almost like every single like business or something that I've started, like I've always had to like even like within just like local and like the community, like I've always had like so many people like leave my team and then like you know kind of. Move through that entire year of like me gaining more members so i think it's like that that problem that you have to fall in love with to keep you going because even when you have like the biggest challenges like it's so important that you re you recognize the impact that you're making um and like you recognize the problem and, and the goal to fix those problems so yeah and uh i think my next and like final question for you is uh can you say something quote worthy yeah, sure. So this sort of relates to um, my own personal experience with uh, living in both India and the US, as well as the times we are in currently. And it's basically to never forget your roots and always make sure to give back to your community, whether that means the community you currently live in or your um, wherever your family is from. And that sort of really resonated with me. That's sort of just something that I've been thinking about over the past few years after I moved back from India. I noticed that there's a lack of connection between um, South Asian Americans um, in the U.S. living in the U.S. and the people or their home country. That's something that's that connection has been sort of missing for a long time. And I'll admit, even when I w I was born and raised here, and for um, all throughout elementary school, I know that I lacked that connection with my my roots and my culture. And I was. And, but when I moved to India, um, I was really able to regain that connection with my roots. And I understood the value and importance of being connected like that. And which is why when I moved back to the United States, um, I continue to value that connection and put whenever I do anything in general, like whether it be like working for the organization or just um, speaking somewhere or whatever I do, I always make sure to bring both perspectives back into whatever I do. So that means um, bringing in my Indian self and my American roots as well. And so just to put it in shorter terms, always um, remember your roots and where you came from and don't forget to give back to that community that helped build the person you are today. Thank you so much. I mean, I think that's honestly really important because I feel like that's something that a lot of us like forget, especially like when you move to like the United States. So I'm glad that like, you know, we can always like contribute back to our like community, um, like whether or not like you were born here, like in the United States or not, like you're still staying like tied with your roots. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Same. Awesome. Thank you.